0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans, and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist, and internationally published author, helping take your life, your mindset, your business from where you are right now to being unstoppable. And I hope you all took the opportunity to listen to yesterday's episode with Unstoppable Tracy. Isn't she a remarkable human being? We have so much that we believe is adversity that faces our lives. And when you look at everything that Tracy has done, I don't think any of us have anything to complain about. What a beautiful, humble, remarkable lady. If you haven't listened to that, please go and have a listen to that interview. You get to see us both on video. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and we're we're bound to do another one uh, before too long. Today, I want to talk about The anti-mindset. Some people that you come across, it doesn't matter what it is that you talk about, what aspect of life, what topic, they're against it. Now, I want to put this conversation into the context of COVID. And let me walk you through a bit of a life cycle of COVID, of the trends that I'm starting to see here in uh, Australia. Now, particularly in my state here, let me give you an update in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. We today were down to 148 new cases, so it's slowly coming down. As a reminder, we peaked around 800 a few weeks ago, where they put us in a more severe lockdown, and now we've come down to 148. The last few days, we've been in the hundreds, we had a day up in 211, I think, and we're Uh, today's higher than yesterday, but I would expect tomorrow to be a bit lower because there's about a two-day lag with our testing results. And the weekend here was really cold, so you would have had less people testing. So it's not necessarily a true representation of how many cases are out there for COVID, but more people would have been staying away from testing. So um, that's why. So that's what I'd be expecting tomorrow. Uh, But we... Uh, I believe, are in the longest lockdown anywhere in the world and the harshest restrictions currently anywhere in the world. And well, before I go any further, let me walk you through the context of COVID. So COVID happened back in March. Okay, So we started this here about in January or December, Wuhan, they started to get some cases and then it's, we started to hear about it. In January, there was like no real worry about it, don't worry about masks, don't worry about any of that, it should be okay. By March, it took over, we went into lockdown. And the people's opinion was COVID, OMG, don't shut us down. That's kind of the first step. And then the next step in people's thinking was, don't take away my liberties. Don't stop me from uh, being able to go to the gym, to go to the shops, to uh, you know get my toilet paper. I mean, back when this first started, we had a massive run on toilet paper here uh, for uh, who even knows why. Um, and people were stocking up on things. Uh, people were starting to complain about all the things they weren't able to do. And this is before we went into even a harsher lockdown. But people just... Uh, complaining, obviously, about the impact that it was having on their lives. Some shops were shutting down, people were losing their jobs or having their hours cut down. It was a really, really tough time. Then after that happened, people said, well, if you're going to shut me down, you better give me money, as in the government, give me money to support me while this happens. And then there was the question of, well, you're not giving enough money. And they'd like, if you're on the dole here for instance, unemployment benefits. They call it the doll. Actually, there's a nicer name for it now, but I'm not sure what that is. Uh, They've called it job seeker here. They automatically just doubled whatever they were getting before a fortnight for no extra work, really. So it's like, that's pretty good. Uh, But other people were saying, well, you're not giving me enough. Uh, They restricted childcare and they started to make that cheaper and free for some. People just wanted more and more and more. So then what came out was, well, you know, because we're heading into weeks and weeks after weeks, which turned into months and now we're, uh, what, we're four months down the track and we're still no closer to really fixing this. So people are saying, you better hurry up and find a vaccine to fix this because everybody around the world seems to be hanging their hat on the fact that there better be a vaccine and some governments are... Uh, Are trying to stay open but you know restrict uh, certain gatherings of people and stuff and they're just all hoping that a vaccine comes out there's something like 150 to 170 different places labs around the world that are searching to find a vaccine and australia is uh, doing a lot of work with the oxford uh, university uh, campus to they've signed a deal with them if a vaccine comes out so, all the world is hanging their hat on that, including Australians here, saying, "Oh well, once there's a vaccine that comes out, we'll be able to get back to normal." So, the last week or so, they've been talking about the fact that um, the vaccine development, the one from Oxford, has, has probably seems to be at the forefront of the world in terms of their progress, and or discounting whatever's going on in Russia. And the PM here, Prime Minister, had just signed a deal to get 25 million vaccines once it's proven to be safe and available and all that kind of stuff and to make it free. And so now you're getting a barrage of people saying, I'm not going to take a vaccine because he's talked about uh, making it mandatory for people or as near enough as mandatory as you can get. Now, after he said that, a lot of people kicked up a sting and said, oh, I'm not taking it, blah, 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 blah. I like, hang on, aren't you the same people that said there better be a vaccine so that we can get through this and get back to our normal way of living? And it was like less than 24 hours after he said that, he realised that it's probably not a sensible thing to be doing, so he backtracked and and said, look, it's not going to be made mandatory. Uh, So... Um, but there may be circumstances where they say you've got to demonstrate that you've got a vaccine, you know, you've had the vaccine. Uh, so a, a big a big stink up of all these people, they're calling them anti-vaxxers now, saying it should be made mandatory that this is poison and I'm not putting that poison into my body and talking about 5G and uh, Bill Gates and, um, a, you know, just lining people's pockets and, Um, All this kind of stuff. Hang on a second. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want people to find a vaccine uh, for this or not so that we can perhaps put our world, save lives and uh, put us in a a healthier position? I mean, look at uh, the flu flu vaccine. Uh, So the flu flu vaccine saves millions of lives around the world every year. Uh, Is that a bad thing? Now, of course, there are people that are anti-immunisation for their kids and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not here to grandstand about uh, whether you should take it or not. My belief is that if there's a vaccine that's safe and proven out there, then I will I will take it. I take a flu shot every year. My doctor advises it. I trust him. He says that because of the amount of people that I'm exposed to on a daily basis uh, through winter, obviously not this winter, but... Uh, he says it's a, a, an advisable thing for me to do. And he said the kids should have it too because they are just exposed to so many other uh, people at school that get sick and stuff. And we want everybody to be nice and fit and healthy. And, you know, if you are anti-vaccine as well, so I look at things like polio. Okay, so polio, um, for those of you that don't know, this is the quest of Rotary around the world to eradicate the world of polio and they have i think successfully done that i think a couple of years ago they had one or two cases coming out of africa uh, that had it but they've pretty much eradicated it now that's a a a bit of a vaccine on a spoon uh, that uh, you you give to, to kids and babies and stuff to help eradicate it now is that a bad thing that's saving millions and millions of lives every year because of that i don't see that as a bad thing so can you put all vaccines in that category i think uh, you know if they're proven and tested and it helps to save someone's life or improve their health that i think it, personally i think it's a good a good thing but you will have your own perspective on that but then so we're we're starting to get to that stage where people are you know so incredibly pained by the fact that they can't go down to the pub and have a drink or they can't go to the footy and watch footy and have a meat pie with their mates, or they can't travel overseas, or they can't do X, Y, Z. Okay, a vaccine comes on the scene where there's more talk about it. They talk about making it uh, available to people, and they say, "Well, I'm not taking it because that's poison and all these different reasons." And now you're also getting people saying, "Well, why is it free? Um, you know, there's got to be a, a hidden agenda, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. It's like, man. Can you not see the inverse of all those things? Why are they making it free? Because imagine if they said there's a charge. They say, oh, the government's profiteering out of this and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, you're never going to please everybody. Uh, you just can't. And they're talking about, well, yeah, the recovery rate in Australia is 97 point something percent. And therefore, you shouldn't need a vaccine. Well, you can say the, th- the same thing about the flu. You can get the flu... And you can recover from the flu, and maybe you're down for a week or so, and then you you bounce back. Yeah, that's that's fine. The trouble is that the COVID is three times as uh, contagious as influenza, and it's more deadly. So, uh, you know, you've got to uh, put those things into perspective. In my in my view, uh, so. People are curious creatures. It doesn't matter what you do, some people are always going to have this anti-mindset. This is the biggest event that we've had since the Spanish flu in 1918, 1919, to have an impact on the global health. I think we've had something like 20, don't quote me, but I think I saw something yesterday saying it's, I think it's 23 million people have been infected with covid now, now that's, um, actually, is that right? 23 million? I think it's, it's something like that, 23 million. Uh, so that's almost the entire population of Australia. You can fill a whole country with the number of people that have been impacted by it. And the number of deaths, I can't, I can't remember that, but it's a, it's a huge number. It's over a million, I think. And I, I think if you're hanging your hat on the fact that there needs to be a vaccine, the bottom line is that we need to stem the flow of this and you can't keep everybody locked up forever. And the only way that you're going to start to eliminate this is if you have either herd immunity or there's some other way to make populations immune so that when it does uh, pop up in that community, then people are okay with it and then it doesn't keep spreading from one to the other to the other to the other exponentially and we just get this bigger and bigger issue where more people are are dying. And logic says that the only way to do that is is by introducing uh, some kind of vaccine. Um, So it got me thinking about uh, the mindset of anti-vaxxers or just that anti-thing thing that whatever's going around, whatever people have got going in their life, some people are going to be just against everything. And I thought, well, when it comes to your mindset, are the, for instance, anti-vaxxers, are they highly successful people? Are, are they, do they have every other aspect of their life in order? Are they being... The high achievers, the top 1% of people in their field, the top 1% of people in their health, top 1% in their businesses, top 1% in their relationships, are they at the pointy end of high performance or are they just complaining about stuff for the sake of complaining about it? Because I can see both sides in most situations, I'm sure in every situation, there's always two sides. No matter how thinly you slice something, there are always two sides to it. Whether it's a, an argument of any sort, you can see that there's always another view. And just because you have a view, it doesn't mean that your view is right. It's just your, your perspective. And it's okay if someone else has a view that's different to yours. This has taken me some time to learn because I used to get upset if somebody didn't agree with me. I was like, man, well, I'm not... I don't. I don't think I really like you if you don't agree with me. But that's part of life, isn't it? Not everybody is going to agree with you. And if they do, you don't necessarily want a yes person all the time. And uh, i tell you who was a yes person in my life, and that was my dad. My dad just always said yes to mum. And it was in, the, in a way that you just knew he wasn't even listening to what mum was saying. So mum would go on a bit of a rant and whatever, and, and then she'd say, isn't that right, Richard? And that was my dad's name, Richard. And he'd say, yeah. And it's like, you weren't even listening, dad. That's what I'm thinking, you know. I'd so you're not even listening to what she said. You don't even know what she said. And uh, you know, you don't want that person in your life. You do want somebody that's going to challenge you and push you and have uh, you know good discussions and stuff. Because sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes the other person gets it wrong and that's okay. That's okay. But my, my thinking today has said, well, okay, so what is the best vaccine for your mindset to help make sure that you are not anti-everything and you're not holding yourself back? And if you're doing it in, say, if you're an anti-vaxxer, are you doing that in other areas of your life? And I think the answer is probably yes, I think all of us can use a bit of a kick up the pants sometimes to say, come on, you can do better than that. You can do more than that. Like today for me, for instance, hasn't been a tremendously productive day. I've been really frustrated and it's the technology that's really let me down. And it started from uh, when the kids got up and they started to uh, get ready for school. So we're homeschooling still. Uh, So what happens at the kids start school at 9, 9 a.m. Um, so what's happening at 9 a.m. in, in our you know, little estate here? Well, I say little estate. There's a few thousand people in here. Well, you've got hundreds or thousands of households logging on to the Internet using broadband width to connect with their school via video. And in some houses, like I have one client, she's got seven kids. She has five kids still at school and five of them are on some sort of device in her home trying to connect with video to connect with the teachers. In my house, I've got two kids that are doing it. And that all happens at uh, you know nine fifteen. Sorry, nine to nine nine fifteen. It gets really really busy, and then of course you've got those people that are working from home, which is everyone virtually, and they're logging on as well around that time. So there's just a huge load on the system. So this morning, our internet dropped out about oh, at least half a dozen or, or so times. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to get off so that the kids can use any. Bandwidth and I'm one less user and I would go and do some other work and you know communicate with people um, Record my my other podcast and and so forth so that it just didn't put an extra strain and so my day-to-day hasn't been as productive because of you know those disruptions and then when I went back to to use the internet again it didn't work and my blooming cats got in behind my desk and through mucking around they pulled out the cords and it's like what's going on it's still not working and they pulled out the the power supply to the the modem and it's like oh man what are you doing to me uh, so it hasn't been a a hugely productive day so that's been a little bit disappointing but i'm still going to come out on top because i'll make up for it later in the in the day so my mindset is this if you want to get better every day. You've got to focus on continuously improving yourself. Now, if you go, if you have a listen to robevans365.com, today's episode, which I think is day 790, I speak more in depth about, um, you know, becoming that a better person of your lesser self. And it's such an important topic. I wanted to, to cover it here too, because it, it really flies in the face of, Um, you know, if you're anti stuff, are you really focusing on bringing out the best version of yourself every single day? Are you really dedicated to continuously improving yourself every single day? Now, I didn't used to be like this. I've conditioned myself to make sure that I'm always looking for improvements each day. And there'd be a time years gone by where I just put down today and say, oh, yeah, no, it's just one of those days. You know, it's just one of those days, don't worry about that you haven't achieved all the things that you wanna achieve. But no, that's not me, I'm not happy with that. So I'm like, okay, so what could I do better? How can I stop that from happening next time? And uh, so it could be just around scheduling uh, of my work. So at that time of the day when everybody's logging on, maybe that's the time when I go and record my podcast so that um, I put less load on the system and I don't lose time in the system coming up and down and up and down and having to deal with the uh, you know those issues Um, but i'm always looking at so what could i do differently how could i do it better how was my day what could i do more productively how can i get greater outcomes where am i not taking enough action what can i learn from this experience how can i make it better next time So there's a few particular areas where we can look at that are really, really easy to focus on here. So you could say, well, how do I continuously get better? Let's take a look at your health and wellness, health and fitness right now, for instance. So right now, you might not be exercising as much as you used to be. So let's break that down. Let's talk about it in terms of steps. I tell all the clients that I work with, look, I want you to be getting in at least 10,000 steps a day just to maintain your health it's great to get outside if you can get some sun on your face good for a mental health release give some time to think uh, all that kind of thing now let's just say that right now during covid we're only allowed out once a day for some exercise up to an hour and we're only allowed to go within five kilometers of our home let's say you're only doing seven thousand steps Normally, okay, well, let's focus on getting you closer to that 10,000. Now, it's not if you've been doing 7,000, you look at your, you know, your Fitbit history or whatever, and you can say, Yeah, I'm really averaging seven. Some days I'm doing a little less, sometimes I'm doing a little bit more. So, so okay, let's focus on maybe getting an extra 10% of steps in, depending on where you are. So let's say you're 7,000. So 7,700. So say, okay, today I'm going to get in 7,700 steps. How do you do that? Well, you just focus on it a little bit more. You say, all right, well, yep, I can do that. I'm going to just walk around a little bit more. And that might be just five minutes of walking around and you'll get an extra 700 steps. Easy, back and done. Uh, Let's say that your food, uh, you know, your you're putting on a little few a few extra pounds or kilos, and you're not happy with that. And you have a look at what it is that you're eating, and you say, "Well, actually, look, I'm only eating four meals a day. I'm eating too many lollies or um, candy, depending on where you are in the world. Drinking too many high calorie, uh, you know, um, uh, sodas or uh, energy drinks or those types of things. Having too much." Uh, say rice or pasta or bread or those high-energy carbohydrates. You're having too many of those, not eating enough plant-based food, and you know, that kind of stuff. And say, so, okay, well, let's focus on changing that. Let's cut down on the energy drinks. Don't cut them out, just cut them down. Maybe we need to cut out some of the, cut down some of the high-energy stuff. Uh, so, I don't know. Let's just say that you're having. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be stupid for a second. You're having half a half a loaf of bread. Uh, during the day, cut it down, cut it down to a quarter or half, you know, just make some changes that can be small to you, but they're going to add up to a big difference over time. Uh, Maybe you're not doing any strength training. So, okay, well, I'm going to introduce one strength session this week, and it's going to be 10 minutes and that's it. Now that's an improvement from last week. And then next week you might say, well, do you know what? I'm going to take it up to 15 minutes or I'm going to do two. And then you get to three. And you, know, you just make these gradual increments. Your water, let's say you're only drinking a litre a day. Well, let's take it up to 1.25. And then by the end of the week, 1.5. And let's eventually try and get it up to two to three litres of water a day and do that consistently. I am for three to four. What I'm talking about is making gradual changes. Because when you make a small change, let's just say that you change 1% a day. Over the course of 12 months, that is massive. That's a massive change. Individually, it may be really tiny, but over time, it adds up to quite a bit. And if you break that down in terms of calories, uh, let's just say that uh, you're cutting, your Cutting down your calories by say 70 a day, let's say. Now to put that into context, that's less than a chocolate biscuit, okay? We have a thing in Australia called a Tim Tam. Now a Tim Tam, uh, it's like uh, a wafer biscuit filled with chocolate and it's coated in chocolate. They're about 95 calories to 110 depending on which one you get. Uh, so it's not even a full one of those. Okay, so 70 calories. So let's say you cut down by 70 calories a day. Over the course of 10 days, and you do it consistently, that adds up to 700 calories, okay, over 10 days. Now, let's just say that you do that. So I'm gonna just do this on my board here. 70 by 10, that equals 700 calories. Okay, that's 10 days. Now, let's say that you do that over um, 10, uh, so 10 days. Let's say you do it over 100 days, okay? Times 100 days, so I multiply that by another 10. That's 7,000 calories, okay? Now, that is about, it's 7,700, but let's say it's about 1 kilo or 2.2 2 pounds, okay, of fat just by making that one change. Now, let's say 100 days, multiply that by three, and that gives you 300 days, so um, you know, 10 months, that's going to give you three kilos, just by making that small change. So that's just a, a really simple example how you can just make a, a consistent, really tiny change like that, and you have a big, big impact in the long run you do that consistently and your weight just keeps coming down further and further that's without any exercise or anything that's just making that one one simple change so the key here is to condition yourself to continuously improve obviously i've just used a very graphical example there of uh, how you can do it with your health and wellness but you can do this in any area of your life conditioning yourself to improve, whether it's relationships, uh, you've just got to work out what does success mean to you in that particular area, what are the measures around it, and how do you keep moving the needle forward? How do you keep getting better and better? Now, I didn't used to do this. I just used to approach each day, one day at a time, one day at a time, and see what happens and try and do uh, you know, a good job in what I was doing today. Uh, Now, when you're running your own business and certainly when you're running it from home and now most people are at home and not necessarily accountable to anyone else apart from yourself, it's easy to become complacent. It's easy to just let things fall away and time just passes by and you think, oh, well, I'll blame that on COVID. I'll blame it on I wasn't feeling well. I'll blame it on something else. But If you want to achieve all the things that you want to achieve in your life, then you have to use every opportunity as an opportunity to grow yourself, to grow your mindset. And the only way you're going to do that is if you have this continuous improvement mindset. So in accounting terms, because I used to uh, be a a chartered, well, I'm still a chartered accountant, but I used to practice as a chartered accountant in my my roles, Uh, 10% is considered like a material change in accounting terms. So 10% is a material change. I'm not talking about making a 10% change in things every day. I think if you focus on 1% or just a, just a slight change uh, every day, then you'll get big outcomes in the long run. You've just got to work out how are you going to change those things? What is it that you need to change? And as soon as you have that heightened level of awareness and you've conditioned yourself to do this every day, you'll find that you become hypersensitive hypersensitive to non-performance, to lack of productivity. So like for me today, that really annoyed me, the fact that I wasted like half an hour probably or more, probably an hour over the course of the day, uh, because of the loss of the the internet and trying to resolve it and um, dealing with the kids and and then had to end up driving them to their mums because she had a stable internet connection because we use different providers. Uh, so, you know, this is something that I'm, I'm really aware of because my time is precious and I want to make sure that I get the most out of every single day. And uh, when I don't, I get frustrated. And so no, then I analyse each day and I say, how could I have approached today differently? What have I learned today so that I don't make the same mistake tomorrow? And you say, oh, but it was IT. It wasn't your fault. But like I said before, there are some things I can do differently. Because the last two days now, it's been really funny at that time. So do you think I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow? No. Uh, I am going to, when the, the kids log on in the morning, I'm going to find something that doesn't involve me needing to be online when the kids are online because there's a lot of video contact first thing in the morning. And then it's not like that all day because people log on, they get their school work, some schools they're pretty much in front of the teacher all day, but a lot of schools they're not. They say you log on, they give you your work, they check in, bang, you're off on your own and you can do, do what you need. So it reduces the amount of bandwidth because you're not passing video over you know, the Wi-Fi connections and everything. Uh, so I learn from that. The other things I'm learning about, uh, obviously, with that technology, we have a solution in place. If I identified early, I'll say, okay, I'll take the girls to their mum's house, which is just around the corner, and they can have an uninterrupted supply there. Then uh, I know that they're taken care of. They're not missing out on their learning. And then I can take advantage of time when they're not with me there's less distraction and i can get some more things done there now when it comes to other things like uh, maybe i'm not reaching out to as many people as i think i should be well how do you think you're going to overcome some of these things well the key is you've got to put some measures in place for yourself set yourself some targets for who are you going to be reaching out for today how many people Which platforms are you going to be reaching out to them? How many phone calls are you going to make? How are you going to have a greater presence than you are? So I look at my schedule today, and now I spent time last night planning what I was going to do today. Now, because of the loss of the internet, it meant I had to shuffle things around. And that then impacted the workout that I I did today. I had to shuffle that around as well. So you've got to be able to pivot and shift things around where possible, but then learn from it and say, okay, well, how do I still get what I need to get done? And how do I fix it from happening again? So um, what I've done with my day is said, okay, well, there are some things here that I may need to push out for tomorrow. It may mean I need to work longer tonight even though I've got it busy from about an hour or so for the rest of the night, I'm going to be booked up uh, until 9 p.m. tonight. And by then, because I have long days, uh, by 9 o'clock on a Tuesday, I'm pretty much, I'm done. You know, I need to spend some time with the kids. I need to unwind a bit because then it all starts again, um, you know, in, in about six hours, after six hours sleep. So I, I, need to, I need to make sure I do have that unwind time. Um, but before I go to bed, I'll make sure that I've assessed today. I've pushed out some things that maybe I should have done today, but because they didn't, I take them into tomorrow. I say, okay, what do I learn from today? How can I make that better and make any notes that I need to on that and certainly make a mental note of, okay, don't do that again. All of that comes down to the fact that I've conditioned myself to achieve a higher level of performance. When it comes to my health, I live in the top 1% of health of humans in my age, okay? I'm in the top 1% of health for 52 year old men. And can I do any better than that? Well, not really, but I can still focus on what did I do today in terms of all of my exercise and nutrition and all that kind of stuff to get it right, to get it better. Um, I track everything, I track everything. So I know what it is that I'm putting into my body. I know how I'm feeling, I know the outcomes I'm getting. I'm working closer to get to uh, my six pack uh, by, I think I've got 86 days left, 86 or 85, can't remember. I have it up on my board, I change it every day, how many days I've got left to go. So it's less than 12 weeks to go for my final uh, photo session. So I need to learn each day what's working what's not working. Uh, I know it's all working. So it's a case of let's keep doing that. Make sure you keep doing what you're doing because it is working. And just continually look for an opportunity to maybe get the timing a little bit better, something like that. So for instance, with my workout today, I was running behind by about 15 to 20 minutes. Now, because of everything else that I've got planned for the rest of the day, I'm like, do you know what? Because I'm so behind now, I can't afford to do my full workout. So very quickly I said, right, let's cut it in half. I'll do half my legs today and I will do uh, some abs as well and I'll do the rest tomorrow. I don't normally do that, but this week I'm going to. Uh, So I've been able to do that quite effectively and still now get the other things that I need to get done as well. So... Continuous improvement, that continuous mindset. It's the best mindset vaccine that you can have. So, wherever you are in the world, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Stay safe. And if you want to find out how you can work with me more closely, go to the mental Scroll to the bottom, click on the link, and you can opt in for a free consultation with me. Would love to connect with you and have a conversation and see how we can impact each other's lives. Take care, I'll see you tomorrow.